0: You're listening to Process with Broads and D-Ray.
1: What is going on, everyone? Welcome to Processed. In terms of basketball news, specifically Sixers news, not too much going on. The assistant GM, Mark Eversley, did go to the Chicago Bulls. And speaking of the Bulls, we will talk about the last dance, some interesting NCAA action going on with paying players. We'll get into it. But D-Ray, how are you today?
0: I'm great, man. I'm great. Just just trying to get through.
1: Just trying to get through? (laughs) How you doing? I'm doing good, man. You know, another day. It was nice outside. That's a nice positive. We get to go outside, walk the dog, you know, get a little action out there, sweat a little bit, hit some jump shots.
0: Just a smidge. Just a smidge.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it's nice. (laughs) It's nice for it to not be pouring, raining, and you can at least go outside. There's something to do outside.
0: Exactly. We're going to start to, as it gets warmer, it's going to get a little harder to be in the house. But what can we do? You know There's I mean? nothing
1: you can. You can take jump shots in the driveway and then relate yeah. it to Michael Jordan. And speaking of Michael Jordan, how about that episode of The Last Dance? Episodes three and four, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think it was as good as the first two episodes.
0: Yeah, I, I think it was a little more setting the table. You know, they had they had to get out the Dennis Rodman story. They had to get out the Phil Jackson story. They're kind of setting the table right now. But you know who up next? Episode five, man, Kobe. This is, this is about to get real. I think, if anything, they kind of made sure those two were like that because it's, it's about to go like this from here on out.
1: Right, right. With a lot of the information, though – Throughout this, and, and I hate to be the guy that's looking down on this because I clearly look at this, I feel, a different way than other people. A lot of people are just chomping at the bits with their popcorn, and they're so pumped up and juiced <laughs> up to see MJ. But there was so much information that was not given throughout a significant period of time. I mean, MJ was controversial as hell, and he was involved with a lot of stuff. Well, let's, let's dive into the Vegas action, all right, as if he went to go get Dennis Rod from vegas and he was all cool <laughs> calm collective hey you're coming to practice my ass he was there betting three million dollars and hooking up with strippers
0: no it had the quite the amount of memes they have pictures of him sitting at gambling tables pictures of him with a cigar in his mouth. he's like i'm gonna go yeah i'm gonna go get dennis and they said they said, you know he's at a bar i'm i'm for it though i get it he he packed a little mini vacation in with the business trip but i could imagine they both had a great time
1: of course they had a great time now I I was thinking about asking you this while Mm -hmm. that whole action was going on, because I knew we would talk about this on the podcast. Could you imagine going up to Coach Wright, saying, Coach, Coach, (laughs) Coach, Coach. coach, Listen, I I know we got got some action in the Big East this weekend, but I think I need 48 hours to go to (laughs) Vegas. What do you think he'd say? hell
0: no, <laughs> <laughs> no shot. He would look at me like i'm crazy and that was the wild part because it wasn't just the regular season it was the fight no it was like it was the finals no, no sorry sorry sorry. it was the finals when he did the wrestling thing that was during the regular season but still it's it's crazy that they had that relationship and you heard phil jackson straight up saying listen we got to give him a little bit of rope you know we got to give him a little bit of breathing room but god bless dennis robin god bless phil jackson that's That's wow.
1: It it really is. I mean, I'm trying to sit here and process uh, me being a coach or me being in playing experience. And one of my teammates going up to the coach, be like, hey, I got to go party. I mean, I just coach. (laughs) I have to go party. It reminds me of when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. I was still playing college hockey and I was injured, banged up. And everybody knew how much of a diehard Philadelphia sports fan that I was. And I'm like, coach, I'm injured. I go to practice every day. I sit there. I can't even participate. I'm banged up. I can't do anything. I got to go. I got to go. <laughs> and he hit me with, you made a commitment. And I'm like, God damn it, coach. You got to be kidding me. So what did I do? I mean, he knew I was going to go to Broad Street Party, my ass off. So instead, I set up two cones in my living room. I put caution tape around it. I put the parade on my TV with a 30 rack next to me. And I just jumped up and down in front of my TV. <laughs> How about that? So if, <laughs> if, if I was Dennis Rodman and Phil Jackson said no, I, I would put up a gambling table in my living room. I'd, I'd put the atmosphere to me. That's what I would do.
0: A hundred percent. I'm turning that into an ism at this point. What would Phil Jackson do? You have a problem with your coach from here on out. You ask your coach, what would Phil Jackson do? Phil Jackson would let me go to the parade. Phil Jackson would let me get my 48 hours. Phil Jackson would let me Dennis Rodman this shit. What would Phil Jackson do?
1: The whole We're Dennis going. Rodman story, man, it is insane. Now, Wow. There's a lot to get into that when it comes to to um, the whole entire episode from the bad boy Pistons and, and Dennis Rodman in general. But Carmen Electra at that age. Whoa, I mean, I was stunned. I mean, I was stunned.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and still, Yo, I'm about to say, what is, is he? 40, 47, 48 at this point and still look that good. But hold up. We got to talk about this. And I, I ain't about to get misogynistic or anything. But Dennis Rodman was a bad boy, man. His Madonna, Carmen Electra, you, you heard about him and Tony Braxton a little bit. That's a,
1: that's a bad man. He was a <laughs> true rock that's star, if yes. you will. A true yes. rock star. And oh, let's be real, he's a little out there. You know, yeah. he definitely is. So it's just, it's wild to see someone like that be such a big star. You know, I mean, yeah. such a big star. It's
0: They were it's, bigger than basketball. All of them, they were bigger as than as basketball. If,
1: to me, it's almost as if he was too weird to be that big of a star, though, no?
0: No, nah, because that was, I think, I mean, you think about the late 90s, that punk rock type of feel. You know, he kind of fit right in with that. Who else, approached? you know, came up at but that time? But that much? Yeah, man. And I think that's why people loved it, because it was so out there. And then this is the same guy that would go out there and grab 20 rebounds. Like, you know what I mean? Like, to to, to see this guy dressed like a new age prince. And then he goes out there and rebounds like ben, uh, ben Wallace. Shit, Ben Wallace wasn't around back then. But you know what I mean? To see him do both. Okay, this is interesting.
1: Right, right. He brought the energy, no doubt. I, I, I was even texting you throughout the week. If I had two <laughs> options on the table, one was hitting the game-winning shot in the NBA Finals. And the other option was saving a loose ball, which led to the game-winning shot. I'm not talking you save it and then they kick it around for a possession. Don't get me wrong. I I might take that one too, but I'm talking (laughs) diving into the crowd, beer all over me, chips flying in my face. The ball goes right to LeBron in the corner who drills a three. I'm taking that option over being the one hitting the shot any day.
0: I was on board till you said LeBron hitting the shot alright we, we all anyone, know dude. Ray Allen would have hit that. Shot. I'm just kidding. It
1: could <laughs> be anyone, dude.
0: Brian got Brian got some, some game winners. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding.
1: It could be Kobe. All right. Well, would you rather be the game winning shot though, or would you rather be the loose ball guy, seeing the slow <sighs> motion fist pumps to the crowd and seeing everyone get up? Come on, goosebumps.
0: I'm on both. I'm on both. I mean, you gotta make a good. damn decision. Ah. Taking the shot. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, taking, I'm, ta- I'm taking that shot. I'm, I'm running right over to whoever saved that ball afterwards, but I'm taking that shot. <laughs> All
1: right. That's fair. I feel like uh, if you asked a hundred people, there'd be one person to say what I would say. And it's me. It's me. It lets be real. <laughs> Incredible. Really, though, the way that he brought the energy, huge yeah. momentum change. And it's crazy to think about and it kind of relates to the whole story with MJ and, and having to battle up against the Pistons and battle up and get knocked down, get yeah. knocked down. And they went right into the weight room right afterwards. He put on muscle. But Dennis Rodman specifically going from one side to the next, it had to be a little difficult. You know, imagine being on on a, one squad and you had to play with the biggest rival of Villanova? I mean, your year in the big East, who was your biggest rival of that? I mean, he played four years, but did you have one that Seton really Hall. stood out? Seton Hall? Seton Hall. Could you imagine going from Villanova and then you'd have to play on Seton Hall? Oh, hell,
0: I hated that. It's funny. Cause Seton Hall was actually, they offered me before Nova. Like, ah, I something about them. And then the fact they turned it to the team that gave us hell every year, the irony, but Seton Hall, I mean, you got to respect it. Just like the Pistons, you got to respect it. You got to respect their badass attitude, but, Hell but no. was I there
1: respect? That's oh, yeah. was, co- was oh, there though yeah. the no yeah, you, handshake thing.
0: Oh no, no, oh, you talking about between us and I thought he's my OCC. Oh, oh shit. Oh, Hell oh. no. Between them, that was shisty. That was that was messed up. That was messed up. That's that's poor sportsmanship. And Jordan, we're happy crying with Jordan, you know the meme now, him like looking at the thing. He's looking at
1: the like, iPad, right? Yeah, yeah, like of
0: course he says his shit now. <laughs> right,
1: right, right. Well, did you see all the memes of it was the. Well, you brought up the pictures of him in Vegas. I saw one of him looking at the iPad, and then next, the next picture was him in Vegas partying with all kinds of chicks. <laughs> they had
0: they had that same meme with him with the boot cut jeans and then yeah, the Google yeah. tab that says "big ass jeans." <laughs> <laughs> Yo, they wore so much fabric back then. Oh <laughs> it was yeah, disgusting.
1: Oh yeah, no doubt. Well, the, the one thing I want to hit on though is with mm-hmm. the whole handshaking stuff. While I do think that is one of the most disrespectful things I've ever seen, because you saw Jordan specifically go up to them when he would continue to lose, and it's just sportsmanship, as you said. Game seven, or seven game series, I mean, you battle it out, you shake their hands, hey man, congratulations, good luck the rest of the way. But to an extent, isn't that just competitive nature, it doesn't that add to the beauty of competition to an extent. I get it. I I hated it personally, but if you think about the beauty of sports, it's two teams that hate each other. It's two teams that want to kill each other. And to see that, and that adds value to the conversation of the context of, of the battle. To me, it's almost like, damn, that was kind of sick.
0: I mean, it was the perfect ending for that, for that era. For the Pistons to go out like that, they were them. All the way through. Bill Lambert and and Isaiah Thomas leading that charge. That was them through and through. But it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. And I say that because Jordan, as big as an asshole as he was, as far as competition goes, for him to still be somebody that shakes their hand, you would hear about him going into the opposing team locker room and be like, yeah, one of y'all about to have a long night." You know what I mean? Or you saw how he throws each one of his teammates under the bus during this damn documentary. I don't see how any of these guys are still friends with him at this point. I I, I see it. So for him to be that big of a competitor and still be like, listen, you know what I mean? Keep it kosher. It was just, it left a bad taste in my mouth. But I see what you're saying. It adds to the story for sure.
1: Right, and and to be fair, if that happened in 2020, it would be an outrage. I would probably outrage as well and be pretty pissed off with whatever team did that because at the end of the day, it's a brotherhood. As much as you do despise each other out there, and there are some teams that really dislike each other, Jason Tatum and Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, they work out in the summers, you know, like as much as yeah. when you're on the court and it's Sixers versus Celtics, it is a brotherhood. But that that fight atmosphere, I mean, they were throwing punches at each other left and right and it was super physical. Would you want some of that back in the game today? I look at some of these flagrant fouls, and it truly disgusts me that that yeah. is even called. And then they go to the booth. We've seen this many times. Are you seriously checking that play? His fingernail touched his eyebrow, and we're going yeah. to the monitors. Yeah. I, it's it's too soft. But I I want an in between of the flagrants called now, and then the malice at the palace type stuff. <laughs> yeah.
0: I was about to say back then they were a little extreme. I, I'm definitely with you on that, bro gotta have a balance nowadays flick somebody's eyebrow and they flop or something all right this is just ridiculous but at the same time back then it was wwe every night but what i love is they would have those fights and then just get back to playing like, right you know yeah i mean like it was like scott this the best part of that was when scotty pippen when he fell and jordan said when i saw scotty not react to that i was like oh we got him." that's and that's why he's my guy i love scotty
1: so. oh yeah no doubt the one thing i'd question though is you can't see huh what was going yeah. on there? You can't see it's a big playoff game and something's <laughs> going on with the migraines. And even if you look at Michael Jordan during that time, when he was getting yeah. interviewed there in his house or wherever he was, he gave that look as if, well, I mean, huh, listen, he said he had migraines as yeah. if he's questioning what was really going down.
0: Yeah. He didn't want to hear that shit. He to yeah. hear that
1: at all. <laughs> now, To me, it sounded as if he was just nervous and uh, nerves were getting to him. Oh, big time spot. Oh, you get this migraine. You feel like you're going to throw up. just nauseous because you can't, Take the big moment. Oh. Man, no, is that too ruthless of to me? I, I can't. I can't put that on Scott Why? What was going good. on there? Explain I it to me. I
0: can't. I mean, he said the migraine thing. I got that. I heard that story a million times. I feel like Jordan was like, it's a little bit of everything. It might be nerves, but I can't. You, that's that's my guy. I can't I can't co sign
1: that that's aside. your guy. And then and then he comes back thirty games into the season because he was holding out. He signed the contract. It is on him. I can't put yeah. it on anybody else but him. And his agent. Did did he have an agent at the time though? I don't know. Did they even mention that?
0: Yeah, he did. Okay. He did well, he, did he didn't mention him. Whoever this dude is, you ain't gonna hear about him. But that was that. He dropped the ball. I didn't know if,
1: if it was possible, and I'll look this up, but I didn't know if it was possible that you know he grew up in this poor town. He didn't have much, and I didn't know if he had an agent or if he would just saw the money and said, I got to sign this because I'm living a, such a bad life when it comes to finances and where I'm living. I didn't know if an agent was guiding him or if he saw the money and just signed right away.
0: And I think they said. I think they said Scotty and his agent, and they talked about it, and they figured it out. And it's just I could imagine at this point they don't exactly have the best relationship looking back on that. So that's why everybody kind of just right. You know, let's just not talk about it. But at the, end of the day, bro, that's on Scotty. He signed it. You got to take accountability as a player.
1: Right. Uh, go go into the bad boy Pistons part of things, though. It was so interesting to see it in the prime of f- when you're going to foul foul hard. Yes, and it was. This dude comes in the paint and destroy him, knock him down, piss him off, make him bleed, elbow him in the face. Dirty, don't get me wrong, but back then, it was somewhat normal. They took the bad boy to the next level, no doubt, but that's the type of basketball that was being played. I don't necessarily knock them because in that era, you can do that. So, if their best player, if the best player in the world is playing against my team and he's driving the paint. If it's acceptable to do it, then I'm doing it. I am so doing it. I don't feel like the bad boy Pistons did anything that wrong because in that era, it was allowed.
0: Back then, it was cool. I think now everybody sees it now. Oh, my God, you couldn't imagine Russell Westbrook, you know, going down the lane and a bunch of Zaza opportunities out there. You know what I mean? You couldn't imagine a team full of them. But back then, that shit was acceptable. Why not? If you're the best player in the world, that's how I'm going to stop you. Hell yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to shy away from that. And I love that they said that. If you're going to foul, foul. Don't don't get nobody on AM1. Don't hit them with no ticky-tacky shit. If you're going to hit somebody, hit him You know what I mean?
1: It's crazy to think, think about what's going on nowadays. So, And I love this generation of basketball. A lot, a lot of people dislike it. Oh, they're soft and this and that. I, I think... All of sports right now, the athletes are so much better, which makes the product so much better. You have bench players now with such unique skill sets that would be at the top of the league in terms of skill back in the 90s, yet they're just average and bench role players now because the level has jumped so much. So, you know, I think it's unfair to say this style of basketball is crap. The talent level is so much higher. And I'm not, that doesn't mean there weren't players. Of course, there's Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, and in that era they dominated that era but if we're talking talent let's look at Larry Bird's athleticism compared to what's going on in the NBA today you mentioned Russell Westbrook he's not this dominating force that wins championships every year but he would shit on Larry Bird athletically
0: oh my god oh it, it wouldn't even be fair I would like a balance and I don't maybe maybe the 2000s maybe the early 2000s was kind of that balance of All right, you still have that physicality kind of left over from the 90s and 80s, but nowadays, I ain't going to lie, bro. It's some things. The flopping shit pisses me off. I am sorry. But do you blame the the players
1: for that, or do you blame the league for transitioning to that? Because the players are just doing, as I mentioned with the Pistons, they did Mm -hmm. it because they were allowed to. Well, now these players are doing it because they are allowed to do it because these refs are awarding them the charge.
0: I mean, part of it is... The, the game is speeding up. They want they want higher scores. The same way in football. Everybody's mad that nobody runs the football anymore. Everybody wants to pass the football. Everybody wants to pass football. They want higher scoring games. It's the same thing in the NBA. You got a bunch of guys who decided, listen, we want this to be a high-volume game. We want this to be a high-scoring game. Think about it back then. Would you ever see a game 136 to 125? What the hell type of it's score funny is? That? You
1: mentioned that. All the box scores afterwards, not really box scores, but they show game one, the Bulls win. Game two, the Bulls yeah. lose. And the score would be ninety two to eighty three or something. And, and that was and point. that was a
0: high scoring game back. Then. Right. Like they said it was crazy. I just think right now, like nowadays, it's a different game. They want more offense. So obviously you're gonna call more fouls. You're gonna give people more leeway. You're gonna lean to the offense more. But me and defensive guys, I, I wanna balance. I just want to balance. You know what I mean?
1: A balance would be hard to do at this point, though, sadly, because yeah, they okay. they transformed so much into one way. I'll, I'll say this, though, about the documentary. Maybe this is just my personal opinion. I, I want to hear what you think, but I don't like how it's bouncing around and transitioning mm-hmm. through years to years. I was informed that this was a documentary on that final run, on that last dance, and mm-hmm. it is. it's a huge part of this. They tie it together, but it's, you know, 1992 to 1995 to 1993, and then here's the 97 season. Let's go back to 89, and I I don't know if I'm enjoying the structure of it. I get why they're doing it, because it yeah. tells the story and it leads everything up. And maybe, as you mentioned, they're, they're getting into things as it's starting to take off. We're only four episodes in. I don't like the bouncing around though. It's, it's almost as if they had this idea of, okay, let's do it on the last season. And then it translated and kind of moved into a whole new piece as they were filming this documentary. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I, I think because at the end of the day, they have footage from that last season, but we said, this is going to be a 10 part documentary. We got to fill it. And quite frankly, you know, ain't nothing else going on. So they might've even changed. I mean, it's supposed to be 10 parts anyway. So they didn't change it. What am I talking about? But I, I like to think that it's just them setting the table in these first four episodes, and now it's about to get a little more linear. Um, because, you, you know, you see Kobe coming up in this next one, so they obviously got to mention how, at some point, Jordan saw him, and they got to kind of go through. But you're right, th- these first four episodes were, it was just like, hold on, what? It was times where, like, if I would look away from the screen, I would come back. Why is he back in college? Or why is such and such on the Pistons? Or why is Dennis Rodman uh, uh, a damn spur? What the hell is going on? But I think they're just setting the table and then now that they got everything set and everybody knows who's who, they're just gonna move.
1: Well that's the thing that is kind of crazy to me because for this documentary, I I find <laughs> I find it nuts. <laughs> you, can you gotta leave that in. You yeah, gotta got, leave that oh, in. Oh, we're leaving that in. Oh my god. Okay. Where were we? Oh, the documentary about <laughs> yes, that's what we were talking about. The documentary. Uh-huh. It it kind of confuses me because in what world are you watching this documentary and you don't know the background of these people or of these players?
0: You'd be surprised.
1: You'd be what? surprised. What do you mean? Bro,
0: we were born. Me and you were born in the nineties. Think about it. For a kid watching this, what? And then for an older person watching this, they want to see that. They want to see the Pistons. They want to see, you know, they want to see them kind of jump around. You kind of want a background. At the end of the day, they're telling the story. You don't want anybody to say, oh, hold on, how did you get here?
1: I don't mind the story building up but it's mm. not as if there's like structure to it building up like all right this is going to be a documentary on the bulls and it will end with that last dance if that was the case they would start with the players start with their backgrounds and then they would kind of ease its way with the timeline but to go from you know scotty pippen and then they go through scotty Pippen's career, and then it leads up to 98. All right, let's go to Dennis Rodman, and then it like starts with him being on the team in ninety eight 97, 98. All right, then he was on this team, and then he went to Vegas, and then he, let's talk about his childhood. The structure to me, it, it, I wish it just led up to the 97, 98, and then from there, it told us what actually was going down.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely feel you on that. That's, that's definitely going to be a huge critique um, of this. I'm trying to – I got to look at the guy who's directing. He's actually – The executive producer is a Hattertown guy. Did you know that?
1: I did not. No, this is is good. I'm not saying it's not good. It's just when I watch it, I'm a little confused on the bouncing around the timeline thing. I think they could have done a a better job. Who am I, though? Who am I to start judging these producers? with
0: two guys talking shit about basketball, man. Like, <laughs>
1: well, I love that. By the way, that, that might be like our motto. We need to put that somewhere. Two guys talking shit about basketball—that's outstanding stuff. I think this is a, a good spot to kind of transition into mm-hmm. some some hoops talking. The NCAA is mm-hmm. making some changes, and we are both former NCAA athletes, so I think that this would be an interesting topic to talk about. But it kind of relates to the G League because there have now been two guys. Who will be choosing the G League over college basketball? One of them is Knicks. He is decommitting from UCLA to go to the G League. And then the other one is Jalen Green. Five hundred thousand dollars to play for this upcoming season. That is a significant amount of money. But we'll start with well, we'll start with the G League thing first. What do you think about the G League? Would you have ever thought about this as an option instead of Villanova? Would you ever look at it that way?
0: I mean, I think for me, at the end of the day, I I wanted to go to college for the college education, for the network. And I've said it before, to me, the biggest part of college nowadays is the network because it's such a business, especially on the athletic side. Um, But I get it. If you're a top recruit, it's like, why would I go to one of these colleges for a year when I can go somewhere and play? And I think it's good. Kind of what you see overseas, you know, like a semi pro league. I feel like that's what the G League is trying to turn towards. But. We know that mob called the NCAA going to shut that shit down. They, they are going to shut that shit down. You hear about them letting players benefit off their likeness probably, but...
1: Hmm. Well, the only thing I, I see about it is I think it's actually better development than college basketball. And you can tell me if you think differently, but you know, there's older guys in in that G League. And if you're trying to get to that NBA level, I think that it's very valuable to kind of go up against these bigger athletes, these more... Mm professional athletes than the college game. Now, that's not to knock the college game. You can be so successful in the NBA from college. That's not what I'm trying yeah. to do. Is knock it. I'm trying to actually give the G League some props for the type of athletes, yeah. the professional game. You play more games. You play differently in terms of schedule. So, you just get more of a pro feel in the G League. So, from that standpoint, I, I think it's actually a pretty good option compared to college. But people don't see it that way because yeah. you don't watch it. It's not on TV on Saturdays. So, from there, that's why people people psychologically might look at it differently.
0: I think it depends on the college. I think about some of my former teammates. That 2016 year, they said there were no pros on that team. You know what I mean? They said they just won the championship with no pros. And you see how many guys turned out to be NBA players. And they're going to continue to be NBA players, not because they're the flashiest or the most athletic, because they're the most fundamentally sound. College does give you some fundamentals that you will never learn in the G League. Because to me, quite frankly, the G League looks like AAU basketball. But at the end of the day, it's closer to the NBA than college. So it's it, it depends on the college, depends on the guy. If you have a kid who's fundamentally sound in his game, hell yeah. And I think Jalen Green is one of those kids. He's an explosive athlete, but he has a feel for the game that he understands certain things that a lot of young players don't. So I think he'll be good. But if you don't have those fundamentals and you go out there and just play up and down AAU basketball, you're going to get to the league and, and fizzle out.
1: Well, the one thing that I know the NBA is talking about is going back to – you can go straight to the league and taking yeah. away that one and done type of atmosphere that would totally destroy the G league conversation that we're having right now. Because if these players, if this Jalen green kid or this Knicks kid believes that they're NBA ready, they wouldn't really need that. It would be a, it would be a backup plan. It's not so much a, You know, I'm going to the G League and I'm going to make $500,000. They would assume, screw it. I don't need college. I don't need G League. I'm going to enter the NBA draft. And from there, they see what happens. If they Mm -hmm. get picked and they have to go play in the G League because that's what ends up happening due to their skill level and not being ready yet, that's a Mm -hmm. different conversation. But if the NBA chooses or if college basketball chooses to get rid of the one and done, I, I guess it would be the NBA choosing because that's. It's both. It's both. It, well, the reason why they have to go to college is because the NBA has that rule set where you can't get drafted out of high school, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah. But
0: the NBA has that rule because the NCAA, they're all in cahoots. Sure. You know what I mean? They, they all, they're all in the same damn boat. How do we, how did you create a, I don't want to say a pipeline, but how did you create a structure throughout this thing? The AU, the NCAA, and the NBA are all, it's all linear. You know what I mean? And I think part of it is it serves everybody, but you're right. And at the end of the day, you think about Smiley smile like he goes to the GB. he gets 500000 His knee blows out tomorrow. You could take that money and go pay for a college education.
1: Sure. Right. You know
0: what I mean? It's same thing if, if they get rid of the one and done rule and you go straight to the NBA. If your rookie contract is worth X amount of dollars, all right, you blow your knee out. You can go pay for a college education. The one and done rule to me was, that was bullshit. You know what I mean? That was them looking out for the NCAA to make sure that these colleges get these players for a year and, and do what they do with them. But we all know that's, that's bullshit. Like, come on.
1: Yeah, it's all about the year.
0: money. Exactly, you're there for a year. You uh, you got to watch it, bro. This this thing on HBO called Scandal. The Scandal talks about you know the FBI tied it with the NCAA tied in with professional sports and how the shit all blew up a couple of years ago with this one guy. Um, and it's like, end of day. It's like all this money's changing hands. For every rule that you make, there's going to be five people that try to break it. Come on, right. right.
1: Well, it's it's interesting because this NCAA thing where they're allowing college athletes to get compensated through a third party with endorsements and whatnot, to to the common person or to the clickbait headlines, it seems like, oh, that's great. These athletes can start making money. But the more you think about it, I don't know if... Listen, I do think that it's a flawed business because Mm. these players and and we both know what you go through is insane and for the ncaa to be able to profit off this by billions of dollars not they're making a thousand bucks a weekend i mean you're talking billions and billions of dollars it's totally ridiculous if the question was raised to me should college athletes be paid and that means they get a paycheck every week and you'd have to pay every college athlete i would turn that down from a from a um just from my personal standpoint, I don't think that you could logically do that because there's college athletes that do rowing or r- rowing, right, uh, on the on the boats, and then there's mm-hmm. track stars, and then there's volleyball, and there would be no way to actually structure this where, okay, the college football quarterback Jalen Hurts, let's use him as an example, even though that hurts me right now, compared to that that athlete who's playing D three lacrosse. I mean, how do you? Talk about splitting up this money fairly. The likeness thing, the only thing that this opens the door for is more cheating. More cheating because Kansas and Michigan State and all these big-time Power 5 schools that are paying all these kids anyway under the table, now it's just going to be that much easier to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, it's a monkey situation. That the, the issue is, is in other countries, pretty much everywhere but here, and that's the trend of America, we're the only ones who don't have the metric system. You know what I mean? Everywhere but here doesn't have that. I said it before, Luke Adonis. The reason he is what he is is because at 15 years old, he was playing in the pro league over in Europe. Every other country does that. LaMelo Ball, if he comes in and tears up the league, well, look at it for what it is. He went overseas for a couple of years and sharpened up. but. You're right, man. This this college thing is a mucky business. It's, it's such a weird uh, dynamic of who's getting money, who's not. But I, I can't speak any more candidly against the NCAA taking X amount of dollars off the top without really doing anything but policing. You know what I mean? I, it's, it's bullshit. Amateurism is bullshit. All right. This is amateurism to them. But someone like you said is a billion dollar business. And that's one tournament. That's just the NCAA basketball tournament. Football money is a whole different beast. You know what I mean? People talk about rowing; It's not the biggest thing, but there's some wealth in that because you have the Ivy League schools and stuff like that. Amateurism is bullshit.
1: I don't know how you would do it though. Besides the likeness thing, I don't know how else you could possibly do this. I saw you can do it. Right, so but, you can do. but I also don't think that it's going to be as smooth because these third parties or Adidas gets in the mix. I mean, it really is scummy when you start looking at how Kansas. I mean, I know Kansas and Bill Self has been in trouble before about paying recruits, and they actually tapped into his wires and they wiretapped them and they heard all these conversations mm-hmm. through Adidas. And I'm pretty sure Kansas is sponsored by Adidas, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah I'm pretty sure that's. I remember what? learning about all this stuff. It is just yeah. so grimy. And now the fact that. Even though I'm sure there's going to be a rule, and I use air quotes, that they're not mm-hmm. allowed to do this still, it mm-hmm. only allows this to happen that much easier. And, and you're going to see all these athletes just starting to get paid through through all these grimy, grimy situations. And, and that mm-hmm. ruins college bad. Even though we know it's happening, yeah. how are you supposed to compete if you're not a power five school f- to get these athletes? If Arizona, yeah. right, Arizona got in trouble with Sean Miller, if he's paying these athletes to go to Arizona, how is someone like LaSalle or these other tinier schools, how are they able to compete with these guys? You can't.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's such a, it's, it's so lopsided. And that's the issue because people know, it. you know what I mean? There was a time where it wasn't as much, but we live in the age of information. People know how much money is changing hands. So it's kind of hard to tell them, oh, don't look over here. You know what I mean? Just pay attention to the luster of it. And I will say this. College basketball at its purest when it's actually done right, it's a beautiful
1: thing. Oh, it's better it's than a, the NBA by far.
0: Exactly. It's it's the last, it's the last sport that it's like, okay, you're gonna get the competitive level without any of the bullshit of the business. It's still great. The issue is there is the bullshit of the business and it's painted over by this blue sign with four letters across it. You know what I mean? If they were a little more involved, they helped out a little bit more. If you heard about cases where they stepped in and helped these kids a little bit more, cool. But the fact they're just a totalitarian police type of thing, no. That's bullshit.
1: Right. It's too extreme. I I believe I remember there was a kicker playing college football who had a YouTube channel. And they made him choose between getting paid on YouTube or playing college football as a kicker. And it didn't even compare. I mean, what's the difference of working at McDonald's and playing college football or making money off YouTube and being a college football player? You know? Mm -hmm. Although, if I do remember correctly, I could be wrong. He was... On YouTube, he was implementing his kicking in his YouTube channel. Like, part of his YouTube channel was showing kicking and doing Mm. kicking. So, from that perspective, I think they tied two and two together and said, well, you're using your football as making money. So, you know, that. but once again, is that being too extreme? I don't know.
0: I I really don't know, bro. It's such a like I said, it's such a mucky situation. And like you said, we're both former NCAA, uh, you know, athletes, and I'm pretty sure me and you did it the right way. So we kind of know, like, you the didn't get more of okay. it, <laughs> yeah. idiot. <laughs> idiot. <laughs> Look yeah. at this guy. Look at this guy. I have like ten stats over yeah. here, right? Yeah. <laughs> but no, nah, bro, it's just it's it's so weird. It's so weird. But at the end, like I said, you can't have that much money changing hands. And expect people to not wonder, where's my cut? Especially if you're not jumping in and helping them. And unfortunately, you have some of these kids who are making these decisions because, oh, I don't have anything. You know what I mean? It's not, you know, like, we're, we're blessed. We're fortunate. We, we didn't, we weren't in a position where it's, oh, it's this or nothing. But some of them is, no, I have this or nothing else. So if a booster comes to me or somebody comes to me and says, I'll give you X amount of dollars to send back home while you're here playing sports and not making any money, look at the Fab Five document.
1: And Amazing. that shit was back one in of my, the 90s. One of my favorites. Yes. One yes, of my bro. favorites ever.
0: Yes, and Jalen Rose said it. He said, I'm sleep- I'm eating hot dogs for dinner. I'm eating Uru's noodles for dinner. And Michigan is making millions of dollars. I'm seeing the Jalen Rose, this, that, and the third. Yeah, you sell a jersey that has number five on it. doesn't have Rose, but we all know what that's for. I'm not getting any of that. So how do you expect me to turn down somebody saying, hey, hey kid, take these couple stacks for your car. Here's some gas money. You Take your girl out for a movie. And here's some extra. You you shouldn't be. It's a capitalist society. Why wouldn't you do it?
1: Absolutely. And you mentioned the, you know, maybe people who are a little less unfortunate. Let's talk about Joel Embiid, for example, right? I mean, this guy comes to the United States and goes to Kansas. And just because they're in the news when it comes to this conversation, you know, I'm probably assuming that something went down, maybe went down when it comes to finances. (laughs) But you're, you're telling this kid, Who's from a whole different country? Hey, come here, play basketball, and we'll help you out. We'll get your mom, you know, this, or we'll get your family this, or we're gonna help out whoever is in charge, and we're gonna pay their bills. And how do you say no? So it's almost like, do you, you know, would Joel Embiid say, you know what, nah, I'm, and with all due respect to Villanova, is, is he gonna be like? and you know what, well, I'll go to Villanova over Kansas <laughs> and, and know that it's a clean system and go for four years. Like He doesn't have that luxury to do that is really what I'm getting at.
0: A year would have been a lot easier with him.
1: <laughs> but <laughs> What about in practice?
0: <laughs> oh, man. yeah outside of been sticking of, Hey, listen, like I said, I'm a team player. We the one. It's amateurism is bullshit at the end of the day. And if anybody thinks it's not, ask any of these people who work for the NCAA who are making X amount of dollars. What happens if you were in that situation? What would you do? If you were Joe Embiid's shoes, I'm not saying he got paid, obviously he's not one of the guys that got in trouble, but let's say you are one of those guys. You come from a situation that doesn't have a lot of money and somebody offers you X amount of dollars to help out your family while you're waiting this year that you know is kind of a waste. Look at Ben Simmons and LSU. So he left right after the season. He wasn't even there the entire year. To me, if anything, I don't see how nobody's looking like you're almost wasting the college resources. This is a scholarship somebody doesn't get. This is if it's a good enough school between forty to sixty thousand dollars in books and room and board and stuff that's not being used. But to them, it's an investment. You spend that forty sixty thousand, you make two million back. Hell yeah, I do it. It's bullshit.
1: It's bullshit. Now I want you to be honest with me here. Mm-hmm. If you got offered uh, you know a couple hundred thousand to go to Kansas. Or you get offered Villanova, you're going to be there for years. You don't know you're going to win a national championship, but it's clean. You know, it's a nice program. Which one would you choose? Don't be lying you, to me.
0: You asked me at 18, I'm taking my ass right to Little Rock. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: yeah. I'm taking my ass right to the Jayhawk Stadium. Are you kidding me? Rock Chalk, baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm using this clip for the <laughs> social yeah. media cut, right? You
0: hell know yeah. that. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what I know now, play it right, go to Nova, do your thing. But it's just, I was in that position. If I was in that position, hell yeah.
1: That's yeah. awesome. That was phenomenal. All right, so we'll end with this. Mm-hmm. we got a couple topics in there, the MJ documentary and, and mm-hmm. the NCAA. The NBA was talking about reopening facilities, and mm-hmm. there was a little bit of some pushback. Some organizations didn't like it. They didn't think it was the right time. Other organizations are somewhat keeping the door open, thinking, hey, we're we're not totally going to push back. We're going to see how this thing goes, because in these specific states, things are starting to come back. So... Maybe they're thinking it's possible. Why not? If there's only three or four people in the building, what would that really hurt? Do you see this as a positive or a negative that there's a little bit of some pushback? I see it as a negative, bro. Because
0: all it takes is, I mean, you saw this. Yes, this sickness was bad, but the the consequences from it were even worse. And all it takes is a few people getting scared. A few people, quite frankly, getting sick. And now we're back in a, a worse situation than before because, It's like an injury. You get on it too soon. Now you don't trust it that much more. So if we just wait a little bit longer, pack up the season, and wait till next year, then you have that peace of mind where I'm completely good. But I've never liked the idea of creeping around a situation and kind of tiptoeing around some shit because you're scared. And you in the gym, and somebody coughs, and everybody looks over. You know what I mean? (laughs) Nobody wants to deal with that shit. You want to play with a free mind. So just it's it's bad.
1: Well, the French soccer league, the Prime Minister actually said that there is going to be no more season. They flat yeah. out said we're done. We're we're yeah. finished with it. We're over. So I just wonder if just basing this off of how all of this happened with Mm -hmm. you know it started in China and then this happened here and that happened here and it's just big snowball effect I -hmm. wonder if this is a snowball effect for the winter sports I do think that baseball will happen at some point whether it's a 60 game season a 70 game 80 game I do think baseball is going to happen you're already hearing that the NFL might push it back five weeks And I think that's a money thing. You know football. You know how they work. I think they're thinking if we can wait and get people in the stands and push it back five weeks. Now, this isn't confirmed. Mm -hmm. It's just an idea. But Mm -hmm. it's either you start on time with no fans or you push back five weeks and get fans from the jump. We're talking the NFL. They're going to push it back for more money.
0: Hell yeah. Look at the NBA lockout back in 2011. All right, cool. You you push it back a little bit. You don't have anything, but you still have the end of the season in the right way. And that's people remember. The end of the season. But if you start this shit off and it goes all haywire and it goes all crazy and then you have to cut it halfway through, nobody wants that.
1: Just just wait. Just I wait, don't even man. know what it would be like to watch the Sixers right now and, and think, all right, they're going to go on this run. What if this yeah. was a blessing—well, let's say this with the right mindset here, but a blessing in disguise in terms of the Sixers getting enough rest and maybe figuring some things out, and then they come back, and after all that pain and suffering they put us through this season, <laughs> they go out and win the NBA championship on the coronavirus here. Could you imagine that? Yeah,
0: yeah, hey, man. Hey, I'm I, don't a even, lot.
1: I don't even remember what it's like to watch sports at 7 o'clock. I used to have this schedule. You know, you go to work, you do your thing, you eat dinner, and then you sit down at 6.30. You got pregame live on with Jim Lynam, right? And you got Amy <laughs> on there on NBC Sports Philadelphia. And every night, you either had that, you had the Flyers, you would have had baseball on. It's almost so weird because I at first – I was questioning, how was I going to do this? How are we going to survive without sports? And now it's so almost normal that it's weird to think about what our schedules were like when there was sports.
0: Exactly. It's definitely going to be weird getting back to it, but we all miss it. We all miss it. And for the sake of truly enjoying it when it comes back, I'd rather them just wait.
1: I couldn't agree more with you when it comes yeah. to comes to waiting. I don't want to see anything forced. It's already just on, on another level of weird in terms of what this season means. If you got back by July or if you got back by September, uh, I can't imagine them saying, all right, let's finish this season out in September, and then what do you do for the next season that would have started in October? At that point, if you're starting in August, if you're starting in July, what are they supposed to pick right back up and start yeah. playing again in October? At some point, yeah. you got to cut the cord, I would think.
0: Exactly. And then with this, everybody's getting rest. You think about this year for what it is. All right, we would have had this year. Everybody went through this year and had their injuries and all that and blah, blah, blah. And then you have the Olympics. So you have the top guys. They're not getting any rest this summer. But now that's canceled. That's called art. Right, that's pushback. Let everybody get their rest. Let everybody kind of regroup and refigure things out. And then we'll be in for one of the best seasons ever next year.
1: I want to leave you with this. A well-rested LeBron james ew i can't wait to see that he's gonna dominate
0: after and and still killing at 30 to 35 now
1: he's 35 35 years old
0: i want to see that i want to see that
1: i'm surprised to hear that from you (laughs) and with that being said thank you guys so much for listening to episode 7 of processed